we're going to try and think today a little bit about New Yearing Well, which is an appalling piece of English, uh, but I'll ask your forgiveness as a start. How about we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to turn our attention to your word. We thank you for the great picture that is before us of the end that you have prepared. I pray, Father, that you might help us to live this year well and we might do so for your praise and honour. Help us now by your Holy Spirit to understand your word, convict and change us, we pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, the picture you're looking at, uh, I took on, uh, uh, on Lake Illawarra. Uh, I took it uh, at about quarter past five in the morning. Um, it's, actually not, it's actually not one photo. I think it's about three or four photos that I kind of put together. Um, it, was, uh, it was very wet underfoot. I, I tried to take the photo with this boat in the foreground on the grass, but um, it kind of, by the time you get a really big wide-angle lens, which is one of the things I enjoy using, uh, it ends up being a long way away. For, so I kind of hopped off the grass and kind of edged onto the mud and then from the mud, I'd actually just got in and got my shoes wet and my tripod wet. And I was just standing there and I thought, this, this sunrise is worth it. So I'm just going to get dirty and stinky and wet because it's going to be worth it. So it's 5.30 in the morning. I've got wet shoes. My gear's wet. It's salt water. It's not really what you should do. But I just thought it's going to be worth it. Why do that? Well, it was the last sunrise of 2009. And I thought to myself, this is... This is a moment, you know, I really should, so I'd gotten up particularly to get the last sunrise of that, that year in preparation for the next one. Uh, it's really interesting the things that we'll do for a new year. The things that we'll do for a new year. And so I thought, it's 2016. Uh, for some of you, this new year started about uh, how many days ago? About 10 days ago. Uh, but I'm talking about it today. So uh, it's, it's a new year, it's 2016. And uh, I think that that can often be for us uh, a real sense that uh, things, things should change. Something should be different because it's ticked over. And uh, Matthew was saying before, he's practicing saying 2016. Has anyone miswritten uh, the date already? Some people, yep. Particularly people, I imagine, who are signing their names on stuff. Uh, you'll just be an automatic pilot note and you'll just put a, a 15 at the end. Uh, it, it's really interesting, isn't it? Something about writing this new date, something about this... It engages us to think things should be different. What, what could be different? Uh, here's what I want to say as the encouraging opening to our, our uh, sermon today. Uh, nothing changes on New Year's Day. Yay, great, done. Okay, let's go home. That's, uh, that's all the encouragement that you need. No, nothing changes on New Year's Day. Now, so, some of us desperately want that to be the case, but I, I just want to think for us today, what doesn't change on New Year's Day? What, what are the things that don't change? I'm saying nothing changes on New Year's Day. Is that all terrible news? Well, here's the first thing. God hasn't changed. You're like, yeah. So why, why, does, that, why does that particularly matter? Well, uh, he says in Malachi 3.6, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty. The first thing to know is that we may change. We, we might go in our opposite directions, but God does not change. He hasn't got a different idea today. His character, 
remains the same. Or we see it in James. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He's not different today. Well, on the 1st of January, 2016. He wasn't and is not different. He doesn't change. He can be relied on to be the same as he was yesterday. God's plan to exalt Jesus has not changed. God's plan to lift up the name of Jesus in all the world has not changed. It was the plan on the 31st of December 2015, and it is the plan on the, 21st, on the 1st of January 2016. For this very reason, it says in Romans 14, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. For we will all stand before the judgment seat. As it is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. I think last week, as Matthew spoke on enduring, he also pulled out Philippians 2, where we see that God says every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. His plan is that the name of Jesus will be lifted up. Here's the picture from Revelation that we just saw, the end point. So Jesus is the one who will be lifted up. He says, that's my plan. He's, he's not a changing God, so that's still his plan. Here's the picture of the end. We can fast forward and see the end. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. Any maths geeks out there? It's a lot, isn't it? They circled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. It's a picture of activity, centering in. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive praise Uh, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. So God's plan was that the name of Jesus would be lifted up, that people would come and honour Jesus. That was his plan before. And we're getting a picture of where he's taking it. Because he hasn't changed, his plan hasn't changed, this is the destination. The destination is people from all around the world standing before the throne and praising God with everything. Notice what they bring him. Power. Wealth, wisdom, strength, honour, glory and praise. So for those of you who think uh, it's just going to be a big sing-along, which of course it may be, uh, it's actually wholehearted offering of all the best of ourselves is given to service of God, to honouring Jesus. That's the end. It was his plan and it is our future. God's plan to build his church has not changed. So ever since God... Uh, through his son Jesus, said to, uh, to Peter, he says, I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. There was a fisherman that Jesus saw and called to himself. This man was chosen. He was given a task to be the foundation for a body of people that would bring that praise to Jesus. God's plan to build his church hasn't changed. He will do that. He will build his church. And that is his task right now. God's promises have not changed. Uh, It says in 2 Peter Peter 3, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. So this is going to be the thing, can't it? We can think to ourselves, all right, well, God's promised it. He hasn't changed, but maybe he just forgot. And uh, I think there is a temptation to think, where is this great coming of Jesus? Where is all the wonderful things that have been promised? Why aren't we in glory now? 
And he says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The Lord's patience means salvation. He hasn't forgotten his promise, and his delay is that more people will join us around the throne. His promises haven't changed. God's word has not changed. Now, this is okay. Uh, We know that uh, this hasn't changed. Uh, We can know that historically. We can know it by uh, doing our research to find out that this word has been preserved with incredible accuracy from the time it was written down. It's deeply trustworthy. But the God who stands behind it, who speaks it, is deeply trustworthy as well. Have a listen. All the people are like grass, it says, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Take that to the bank. It's not going anywhere. As long as there is heaven and earth, there will be a word that endures, that is trustworthy, because the one who spoke it is trustworthy, and he hasn't changed. So, so far, we've had some things that haven't changed. Your value has not changed. Your value, in God's eyes, hasn't changed. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, it says, Do not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. Now, we would hope today that everyone who hasn't chosen yet to take up the offer of life that's in Jesus would have the joy of knowing that they are children of God. For those of you who already are, you were bought at great price. You were honoured by Jesus' death. You have been won back to God at extraordinary price. The price, the value that you have has not changed. The world has not changed. The world has not changed. Now you knew this already. It looked terrible before. It's still terrible today in many ways. It's also beautiful yesterday. Yeah. It will be beautiful tomorrow. That, that sunrise is like that, isn't it? It's not just a story of distress and horror but it says there's groaning for the creation waits an eager expectation it says in Romans for the children of God to be revealed for the creation was subject to frustration not by its own choice but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of God's children there's a frustration while we wait for the day to be revealed That hasn't changed. It didn't change on that 12 o'clock striking. And yet, so all those things haven't changed. That's the same, same as it was before and yesterday and today and it will be tomorrow. Those things haven't changed. And yet, fireworks. Yeah, maybe a little bit of champagne. Cordial for some of you, I'm sure. And yet, fireworks. And yet, boats on the harbour, and yet, loud bangs, and rowdy neighbours, and why? Why why do we do this? The the calendar ticks over, and and, then exploding things. It's it's extraordinary. Great cost. I don't know. Does anyone know what the latest cost is for the fireworks this, this year in Sydney? Sorry? $7 million. Well... I'm sure some of you would like them at your birthday. That's just another calendar tick over, isn't it? So maybe you can email the, uh, the Lord Mayor of Sydney and say, look, I'd like about $7 million worth of fireworks to go off on the very significant day 
which is my birthday. It's odd, isn't it? We change over and so everything explodes. But it's, it's really interesting. Some, some things stay the same, but we, we, we suspend our logic for, for at least one day. Here's, here's what we think. All of a sudden, we think this tick of the calendar, this tick of the calendar will mean that the old can disappear. The old me, the old habits, the old hurts, the old disappointments, the old sorrows, everything suddenly, magically, the old can disappear because of the tick of the calendar. We buy the lie that, that everything can change. Fireworks tell me it can change, surely. Everyone's running around unusually. That, that means something must change. We believe that magically the old can disappear. We believe magically the new can appear. And look, you know, there are some people who pull rabbits out of hats. And we kind of go, well, that's really cool. I'd like to know how you do that. Because we know that there's not magic, don't we? But, but we engage very heavily, I think, at New Year's Day, ultimately in magical thinking. Magical thinking. That this calendar date change will magically make old hurts, old dif- difficulties, old habits, old sins, old unforgiveness just disappear. And that looking forward, magically, in my future, the beautiful new me can emerge because of this tick of the calendar. And once we really start thinking it down, how does it work? How does it work? I mean, if you're watching a, a very accurate clock ticking along, the day, that, that second before, 11.59.59, you're a broken, damaged person who's living in a fallen world, and all of a sudden, the click, click of that second handover, everything magically changes. There's renewed hope, new optimism. Things could be different because of that tick of the clock. It really goes, that, that's magical thinking, isn't it? It's, it's, not, it's not entirely unexpected. I mean, we, we'd love to have a fresh start, wouldn't we? And so we put everything down to this tick of the second hand and believe magically that things can be right. Here's what it looks like one second after. Yeah? This is what it looks like one second after. Have you ever been in the city for the fireworks? What, what's it like? Well... It's chaotic, and now drunk people have nothing to look forward to. They're more dangerous than they were before. It's smoky everywhere. There's stuff falling on you. Little black bits are falling out of the sky from busted up fireworks. There's smoke everywhere. Dogs are barking. Um, what, what has happened in that second afterwards? What's happened? Well, after the noise and the lights were left poorer, deafer and less able to see. Happy New Year. It's, it's amazing. We've invested so much in the lie that says it's a magical transition point in our lives. And yet immediately after, it's immediately dissatisfying, isn't it? <laughs> well, maybe some of you had brilliant New Year's, in which case... Good on you, but I, I, th- I think our family went to bed at 10.30. I think that was what happened. And the wonderful thing that happened was I woke up having had a good night's rest. 
ready to face a world that didn't change. Really didn't. Why does it appeal? Why, why do we get so invested in this New Year magical thinking? What's the appeal? I, I think if I believe that I get a fresh start when the calendar checks over, maybe there's less pain. Maybe I don't need to deal with the damage, with the hurt I've caused, with the grief that I've wrought. Maybe it'll just disappear. Maybe the troubles of last year, they, they just won't, they won't be around this year. There's less pain. I, I tell you why else I think it appeals. Because who's in charge of my change? I think it leaves me firmly on the throne. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. I, I don't need to look anywhere else because this new year change is happening for me. It's happening in me. The magic of the calendar tick is me changing my life. I stay on the throne. I escape the pain of my past year and I get to start again. Wipe the slate clean. That tick of a clock gives me a fresh start without pain and without me losing control. Now, who doesn't want that? If you can put that in a tablet, we'll sell that, won't we? Less pain, you in charge. Sounds good. It's a lie, though, isn't it? Where do we look for our change? So where do we, what do we moor our magical thinking to? What does that get hooked up to? I, I probably should have done a survey on this, but I didn't. Here are some things I think we turn to in our New Year brain. Our magical thinking hooks up to these things. Number one, this year I will what? I'll get fit. I'm going to go to the gym. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that most gyms only exist on the money they make from New Year's resolutions. I assume, I've never been to a gym, I don't do gyms, but I assume they're pretty full early January, I don't know, for those of you who go, and they progressively get less and less full. Now, maybe that's wrong, but that'd be my guess. What's behind this particular line of thinking? Well, the change agent for my life is exercise. So what's going to make my new year brilliant is exercise. And what I'm trusting in is my body and my strength. You see, if I'm physically better, then I'll be able to deal with the world around me. And if I'm stronger, and particularly if I'm better looking, a little bit more cut, you know, a little bit taller, no, um, then, then all of a sudden, the world will be more in my control. Can you see this? People will have to respect me if I look good, if I exercise, there's a certain appeal to it, I think. The second uh, change agent, I think, uh, has got to do, it's not unrelated, but it's got to do with diet. Right? Anyone? Maybe. Okay, I see one hand. Very good. Um, so here we say, look, oh, I got a bit caught up at the end of last year. We just, did, we just ate a bunch of rubbish. And, but this year, let's give me vegetables every day, you know? I'm going to snack on raisins uh, and mixtures of dried nuts and uh, I'll be a healthy machine this year. Or maybe I'll, I'll sign up and someone will 
Someone will help me uh, with my meals so that they're not as terrible as they used to be. The change agent is diet. I think we're trusting in, and particularly in this one, convenience to trump my bad habits. Now, it actually turns out, I think, that this has some sort of success rate. So in this particular case, I've heard it does, it does a pretty good job. The, the point is, um, my life will be better. I'll feel better. I'll be able to engage with my world better when my food's under control. It's my decision and I'm going to trump my bad habits. How about this one? Does anyone know what the man cave is? Some of you do. So at Oran Park, uh, the shop's up here. The man cave is where sophisticated men, not myself, uh, go to get their hair cut. And uh, I think it's a, it's a funny thing. Don't know. Don't know how widely distributed this is. But I think for some of us, new year, new haircut. Um, get fresh, you know, if my hair's right and I'm ready to go into the new year, I'll, I'll be ready to go. Uh, look, there's no, again, have a haircut. Cut your hair, no problems. But, but what are we ultimately trusting in? If I, look, if I look a little bit better, I'm a little bit more on my game, I feel a little bit shorn or coloured or there'll be less grey or there'll be more grey, whatever it is that you're wanting to achieve, then I will be able to be engaging with the people around me with more confidence. Where's the confidence going? My appearance Where am I turning to myself? I'm going to make myself better this year by doing something like this. What about this one? This is something I've actually been trying myself. Uh, I've got an app on my phone which is um, tracking my sleep, hilariously, uh, and it gives me a percentage rating uh, for each night uh, how I slept. Hilarious. Love having more data. So there you go. You can find out (laughs) what percentage did I sleep last night? I felt all right. And it gives you a little graph as well and shows you when you woke up and when you were in dream sleep. Anyway, all fun. What, what's, what's the point of that? I'm sure none of you have got this app, so I'm, I'm out there exposing my geekiness. That's perfectly fine. Here's the thing, though. I think some of you would say, I'm going to get more sleep this year. I'm going to go to bed earlier. Have any of you said this? Uh, yeah, okay. I'm going to go to bed earlier. I'm going to get my life under control by giving myself a better shot at getting through the day by giving myself more sleep. What's the change agent? Well, if I get more sleep, there's more opportunity for the real, lovely, gracious me to shine through. See how that works? The only reason everyone has been getting annoying, terrible me is because I haven't got enough sleep. So maybe if I sleep more, there's more of the real me that will be able to get out. Here's the last one. First of all, I like this photo a lot. Uh, This is the idea that by next year, when I sit on Santa's knee, I'll have been a good boy. Now, a lot of you are a lot older than ever sitting on Santa's knee again. And we can see straight away with kids, particularly those of you who've got young kids, they're not going to make it. In fact, if we're really looking at Santa doing his job properly, they lost their presence, well, about 6.30am on the 1st of January. But I want to speak seriously and say I think a bunch of us actually take some sort of comfort in the fact that we'll do better this year. I will be a better person. And the resolution is in here. I'm going to do better. I'm going to be better. I'm going to act better. I'm going to speak better. The direction of travel here, change agent, I'm going to do better. I'm trusting in my inner goodness to get out. I will be better. Me, in here, the deep, good, right me inside. Something crashes into that, though, 
something else that didn't change on New Year's Day. You haven't changed. You haven't changed. There's a, there's a line that says, uh, when, you, when you've got trouble, uh, you know, some people think, uh, I'm in trouble, I'm going to go somewhere else. And the line in response to that is, uh, wherever you go, what? There you are. Wherever you go, there you are. Um, I was talking to a, a girl who had lost her, um, lost her mum last year. And she was deeply troubled. And she said, I just want to get away. She went away on a holiday and she found herself a long way away from home, sitting down in a quiet coffee shop. And she went, I'm still just as hurt as I was at home. And now I'm a lot further away from friends and family. And she came back and she said, all I've done is wasted a week away from the people that could have supported me and cared for me. We have not changed. There's this amazing little verse in Jeremiah. Can an Ethiopian change his skin or a leopard its spots? Neither can you do good who are accustomed to doing evil. There's an unchangeableness about humans away from God. When the only place we're looking for changes to ourselves, here's what it says. You're as unchangeable as the spots on a leopard. And again, as I think of that, uh, I think of Matthew's drawings of sinful people, which has got dots all over them, Matt, yeah? And Matt mentioned this passage very specifically last week. In Romans 8, it says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Here's the thing. Outside of God... We don't have a chance. We don't have the energy, the ability, the capacity to change. The Santa's knee moment is blown not because you didn't try hard enough, but because you're sinful and broken away from God. We can't ever be good enough from God on our own effort. There's a fundamental inability there. You didn't change and your life package has not changed. It's one of the things that we talk about here, where we talk about your health, your family, your employment, your relationships and your finances. They didn't change magically on the first, unless maybe you've got a salary upgrade connected to the, um, the new year, I don't know. But they didn't change either. My health will stay largely the same unless I did damaging things in my holidays. My family won't be bigger or smaller. My employment isn't governed by that. My relationships aren't magically fixed and my finances don't get better or worse just by the tick of a calendar. The life package that God has dealt me doesn't change magically. So what's the source of true change? I want us to have a look at Proverbs. If you can open it up, it'd be good. Uh, It'd be good to have it in front of you. It's on page uh, 632 in this size Bibles. And I can't remember what the page was for the, um, the large print. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3. 9.34. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. In Proverbs chapter 3, the wise man, for all intents and purposes, probably Solomon, is waxing lyrical about wisdom. He's pointing his son to say, Son, 
The thing that you should treasure, the thing that you should pursue, the thing that is of highest worth is wisdom. Uh, my son, he says in, in 3.1, Do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and will bring you peace and prosperity. He talks of love and faithfulness. He talks about the fact that there is a desire that will flow from that, that an outcome that will flow from that, that you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. What are we to do? Verses 5 and 6 put it very clearly. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. What does a, a fresh start, a new year really need? It needs a change in trust. It needs a change in leaning and it needs a change in submitting. Let's put our life package up the top there. I think in dealing with our life package, we have two choices. We can make an idol of our own ability, and all I've done there is turn a little statue into all those things. Our, our, our ability to get a new haircut, to change our diet, to have more exercise, to be better. We can make an idol of our ability and say, I will trust in that. I can be better this year. And the focus is in. And the answer to why this is going to be a better year than next year is me. The only thing I'd say to adults who are sitting here with me today is, has that worked before? Has that worked before? It hasn't, has it? I don't need any special wisdom and insight here. I can look at each one of you and know you have failed at this before. I have failed at this before. Repeatedly. You can make an idol of your ability and it will disappoint you every single time. It really will. Alternatively, you can turn here to the one who tells you the bad news you don't want to hear. You can't save yourself. You can't change your spots. You don't have the ability to be better than you were last year. You're broken. You're rent by sin. You're deeply loved. Here at the cross, we find the opportunity for new life. It's here. It's not a simple forgetting. It's not the tick of a clock. It's the costly death of the Son of God in your place for your sin. That's the place. That's the place. And so what are we asked to do? Well, we're asked to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And my heart wants to trust in the Lord a bit and me in a bit, yeah? Trust in the Lord with all your heart is what it says. What do I need to stop leaning on? Lean not on your own understanding. I can solve this. I can be better. I'm in charge. I'm sorting this out. Lean not on your own understanding. Thirdly, it says the way that we should move forward. So we need to start by trusting. We need to not turn to our own resources we need to submit to him in all our ways. What does submitting to him mean in practice? It's your plan, God, your priorities. The things that you are on about in this world will be my highest desired good. I will submit to your plan. 
Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. I want to suggest to some of you this year that you need to change from forgetting and finding God. Some of you have this moment where you spend time and the year starts out pretty well because you've got a great haircut and the diet's going well. And then you'll fall in a hole and you'll realise what you knew all along, I could do it on my own. And you go, that's right, God's there. And in the midst of our despair, we turn to him. We've forgotten God. We turn to him and we find him again. And say, oh God, just picking up the conversation we left about six months ago when I thought I had enough ability to do this on my own. We need to move from forgetting and finding God. We need to change to settled seeking. When it's hard. Even harder for some of you when it's really good. Please change your diet if you need to. Get exercise, get more sleep, do those things, please. And when it's going well, don't forget God. Trust him with all your heart, submit your ways to him. Lean not on your own understanding. We need to go from forgetting and finding God to settled seeking. You know, I I said a whole bunch of things that didn't change. One thing changed when that day ticked over. One thing changed. We got one day closer to Revelation 5. One day closer to Jesus' return. One day closer to all tribes, languages and nations gathering around the throne of Jesus and exalting him as the answer to God's settled plan for the whole universe. We got one day closer to that. That's exciting, isn't it? That's worth letting off some fireworks. But how should we live if that's the case? Not exalting our own resources, but turning to the one who will see us there, who will get us there. I, I want to give you this. Uh, I want to pass these around. Matt, would you be able to run these to the back? Would that be all right? If you can put half on either side. Is that all right? And I'll put half on the side here and pass them around. Yeah, take, take one, pass it on. Is that all right? Take one and pass it on. Um, what I want to do, uh, I, I, I don't think that we're going to be able to do this in the sermon, so, and, and maybe it won't be helpful. But here's the thing. I reckon, I reckon let's grab hold of the thing that exists in our world. Let's grab hold of the fireworks. Let's grab hold of the haircuts. Let's grab hold of the, the magical thinking, but harness it to something good. What if we started by saying, actually, I'm going to make some commitments this year to live differently? I've given you a card. It says, my 2016 action card. Firstly, why don't we start off by saying, actually, God, looking back at 2015, I can say I'm thankful for something. Why don't you write something there? I am thankful for. You don't need to do it now. I am thankful for. You might say, I am eager to love, trust, and lean on Jesus. And you say, yes, absolutely. Put a tick there and say, that is my settled conviction. I want to be someone who is seeking settled rather than finding and forgetting God. That's what I want for this year. You might need to say, I will need to. I'm repenting of trusting in. Where have I put false hope in the last year? Where do I need to turn back from? I think trusting in my own resources, in spinning my wheels faster, that that's the answer. Instead of falling before God and saying, the only thing that can happen is you will build your church. You're in charge. What is it for you? What do we need to turn from? 
You might want to say to God, I stand ready to give and live the message of new life. If you're building your church, I want to be a part of it. I need to remember that, put it up there, I need to remember that line hasn't changed. What do you need to remember hasn't changed that you keep on forgetting but will be deeply encouraging for you this year to remember? This didn't change. This is still true. Write something down there. And lastly, because it's about depending on God, I want to ask God to help me change what this year? Pray to him. Seek his help that we might be truly changed by his work this year. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that the circuit breaker of a new year makes us look at ourselves and think again about where we are. Father, as we look back at the last year, there'll be things that we're deeply thankful for. Give us hearts of gratitude. As I look back over the past year, as we look back, Father, there will be things that we've done that we've stuffed up mightily. Please forgive us. Remind us of the forgiveness that's in Jesus. Heavenly Father, we would be ready for Revelation 5, for that picture of the throne. We want to be used of you to build your church in accordance with your promise and your plan. And I pray that you would use us, use us as people who are seeking after you to do so with a settled heart, to not trust ourselves, to trust in you, to lean not on our own understanding and in all our ways to submit to you. We pray your help for Jesus' sake. Amen.